What's going on, everybody? My name is Stephen Coons, and I am the owner of Pursuit Health and Performance, and this is the Everyday Pursuit Podcast. So every couple episodes, if I have new listeners, I want to tell you guys a little bit about what we are and who we do. So we are a health and fitness coaching company, veteran-owned. Yes, I'm prior Air Force, very proud of it. Um, right now, we're training clients in about 40-ish different states all over America, uh, actually a couple different countries too, I think three or four different countries. We have a gym in Gilbert, Arizona, but our meat and potatoes, our bread and butter uh, is online coaching. And over the last two years, we've had about 500 transformations online and in person. Um, done done pretty well. We've, we've grown a lot in the last couple of years. We serve veterans, like you don't have to be uh, a veteran, you can be active duty military. So military, veterans, um, first responder community, so firefighters, EMTs, uh, law enforcement, and then the medical community. We have a lot of nurses. We have a lot of PAs. My wife's a nurse. And part of the reason, I mean, there's a lot of reasons I want to serve that community. Um, number one, you know, I'm a vet. My wife's a nurse. Like that is really close to my heart. But even more than that, I think the first responder medical community is uh, is suffering a little bit. I see more unhealthy people, and then there's like parentheses here, mental and physical in that community than I really do in any other community. And maybe I'm just uneducated, but like I go to Black Rifle Coffee almost every morning. If you don't know Black Rifle, it's a veteran-owned coffee company. And there's just like all cops there. And a lot of them are really out of shape, like big bellies, you know, and and uh, I my wife's a nurse and I know the medical field. And a lot of the medical community, they sit all day or people are bringing in desserts and a lot of them are overweight and unhealthy and I get on calls and it's, and I, it's such a hard career because you guys are literally just serving other people and it's a high stress and high demand and long shifts. And it's very easy to put yourself second, very easy to put yourself second. And I would argue that this is, those are actually the careers where you should be the most physically and mentally capable because you have other people's lives on your hands, uh, including your own. And it's also just a high, <laughs> it's a job that demands high performance really does like, and this is, again, this isn't a shot at any other like, like career field, but if you work, you know, in some customer service job and something doesn't get done, like I may get in some trouble, but if you're a cop and you don't do something right, somebody dies. Or if you're a nurse and you get some of the wrong medication, somebody could have, could also die. I mean, the people's lives are on the line. Um, and so my biggest thing is giving back to that community. And uh, so that's a little bit about what we do. And we're very good at what we do because we specialize in, in helping a certain type of individual within this community. And we know the things you guys struggle with. We know the long shifts. We know the, oh, there's no healthy foods available. We know that you guys can't be at the gym six days a week for two hours. Like we understand that. So we've designed our program specifically around those things. And our, our programs are customized to you. So at a, you know, it's customized to your physical capability. Um, it's customized to your 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 schedule and your specific goals. But it's hard when you don't have a niche, right? Like I we know what you guys struggle with. So that's who I decided to help. And we've had awesome, awesome, awesome results so far. But that's not probably why you're listening to this. You're probably listening to it because you saw the title of the episode. And this is how to recover your muscles. So before I break this down, it's fall, which means it is the start of bulking season. 
And every fall, I love it because I have a sweet tooth and I love food and I'm already looking forward to Thanksgiving. And what I don't want though, I know you might be like, just envision, hold on, let's just, let's just play a game. Close your eyes. I'm gonna close my eyes too. And I want to envision like your best desserts, right? Like just think of from, or your treats, whatever you get from now to, to January 1st. What, what's your thing? Is it pumpkin cold brew with pumpkin cold foam at Starbucks? Which is bomb, by the way. Is it like a pecan pie, like turkey and gravy? Like, what is it that gets you excited? For me, it's a lot of those things. But I, I want to eat well, but I also don't want to gain body fat just like everybody else. So, with a lot of our clients on their custom programs, we have most of them, most do some type of bulking phase where they are prioritizing eating a little bit more. So, they're non restricting because, again, I don't want people to hate being in shape and hate their fitness journey. And if you're like, oh, we're doing a cut during the winter and you're like, sorry, I can't have that. Can't have that. Can't have that. It creates resentment around being fit and it makes people binge. And it's just like a not good relationship with food. So I actually lean into the thing that people want to do most of the time. And I'm like, cool, eat a little bit more. Like you still have to have limits. You still can't go binge, but eat a little bit more, have a little more fun with your food. However, your training needs to go up. You need to lift heavier and you need to and or lift more volume, okay? So the reason is because you can eat more, but you gotta put it to use because if you don't, you will actually gain fat. And when you do a bulk, if you don't know, the chances of you gaining some body fat is very, very, very high. It's almost impossible to do a actual good bulk and gain no body fat, except maybe you're, if you're in your first like few years of lifting, you could do it, but again, still challenging. And so you might be asking like, what does it have to do with muscle recovery? And my answer is, freaking everything. Okay. The only, I'm going to break this down. If you don't know the science, the only reason you should be going to the gym, right? The only reason you should be going to the gym is to sit there and break down your muscle. That's it. There's no other reason. Like you're going like, as far as strength training, you go to the gym and you lift weights and lifting weights creates little micro tears in your muscle. I know that sounds weird, but they're little baby tears. That's why you get sore. People say, Oh, it's lactic acid. It's not really a lactic acid buildup. It's literally you tearing your muscles. It causes inflammation, which is good because when it causes inflammation, it tears the muscle. Your body sends a super compensation signal, hopefully, to recover. So there's two things, compensation and super compensation. Compensation would say, I'm going to compensate for what you did. So if I broke down the muscle, it's going to repair it the same way it was, just compensated back what you had. That's not what we're in the gym for, baby. We're in the gym for freaking super compensation, which means you break them down and your body goes, wow, you know, holy moly, Stefan, you did a lot of curls and that just totally destroyed the muscle. That was a lot of tension. That was a lot of volume. I don't know when you're going to do that again because your body doesn't know you're doing curls. It just is like beat up, right? You know, I don't know when you're going to do that again. There's a lot of inflammation here. I need to just shovel some protein and some glycogen in that area. And I actually want to build back these muscle fibers thicker and stronger because I don't know when you're going to do that again and we need to be prepared, right? Your body's that awesome. It's that much of a survival mechanism. So what you really want to create in the gym is super compensation, okay? It needs to overcompensate if you want to do a bulk and you want to gain muscle. And if you're a girl listening to this and you go, I don't want that. You ever seen the girl on Instagram that has like a banging body, like abs and a booty and legs? Yeah, she does super compensation. Like every girl with a great physique that I've ever seen on social media consistently lifts weights 
and strength trains and does progressive overload. And, and, and they have to break down their muscles. And I, you might say, well, I just want to get toned. Do you know what toning is? I'm going to let you in. Toning isn't a real thing. Toning, I mean, not really. It's a fad word. What toned really means is you can see more muscle definition. Very hard to see more muscle definition if you don't have muscle definition. And then if you want to say after this, yeah, but I'm afraid that if I start lifting, I'll get all bulky. You don't know me, my body type, I get bulky. No, there are some girls that are like more of a bigger, broader body type, but that's your body type anyways. You lifting heavier weights is just going to gain whatever muscle you're going to gain anyways, because you're a thicker girl or a bigger boned person. And that is just, you can take that up with God because that's just the way you're made. And sure, there's some things you can do to like influence it a little bit, but a lot of it's genetic. And if you want to gain muscle, all being toned is, is just the fact that you can see it, which means lower body fat and more muscle. Prime example, I'm like 5'10", 175 pounds. Per, I'm not like a big, big dude, but I'm pretty shredded. I lift heavy and high volume all the time. Am I afraid of getting too bulky so I don't get shredded? No, right? Like not at all. Now, if I start taking like performance enhancing drugs or tons and tons of creatine, maybe I'll look like a little like thicker and not as lean, but uh, I lift heavy and I lift high volume like a lot of the year and really don't do a whole lot of endurance stuff. And I don't look, I mean, like you might say, well, I don't want to look like you. Yeah. I've been lifting for 17 years consistently at five days or more per week, basically with zero time off, except of major sickness or major injury. 17 years, 17 years. Okay. So, and I hit my, I hit my natural phys peak physique years and years and years ago. Okay. Cause I don't know if you know that if you're natural, you actually hit where your body's like, I've plateaued. You can incrementally get a little stronger to a certain point. You can incrementally improve certain body parts to a certain point, but there is like a, 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 a physique plateau, right? Even for genetic freaks, just FYI, if you didn't know that. So how do you create the optimal environment? It's actually not hard, okay? Um, number one, which is the hardest area for me, is sleep. Number one is sleep because that's when a lot of recovery happens. That's when your body will actually go into REM sleep, which is where it will release more of the correct hormones, which I'm not even going to break down all the science into it. But basically for men and for women too, more testosterone, and more growth hormone, it's going to actually do the recovery pro process because your body is in more of an anabolic state, which is just muscle recovery state. And then also your body is in a very sympathetic, or sorry, paras I always get these messed up. I think sympathetic state, because, oh, uh, sorry, parasympathetic, because they're sympathetic, which is fight or flight, and then parasympathetic, which is rest or digest, I believe. I hope I didn't get those wrong. But basically your body is in one or the other state. It's in a like active doing things state, or it's in a rest or digest, fight or flight, rest or digest. And I think there's a new one, which is like fight or fight, flight or freeze. It's the same thing though. Same stress hormone responses. Um, but really you want to be in that parasympathetic state, that rest or digest relaxed state. And that's where muscle recovery happens. Optimal time to bulk is nine to 10 hours. What I've seen. And here's the, here's the beautiful thing about getting more sleep, which I've actually realized. Um, when you get less sleep, like my average amount of sleep is seven hours a night. If I get any less than seven, I feel it. I like to get seven and a half. I rarely get eight. and I'm not very good about it. Going into this winter, and I don't know how this is going to be with my uh, 
baby boy being due any day, maybe I won't get any sleep. But if I do, I really want to prioritize at least nine because every time I do a bulk and I sleep more, I actually have less body fat. My macros stay the same. My training stays the same. I have less body fat. And um, that, you know, if you're under a lot of stress physically, and if you're sleeping less, your body is under more physical stress because it doesn't have as much recovery. Um, your body will release more cortisol. The chances of you holding on to body fat, you know, especially like men, lower, lower stomach and love handles is much higher. When I sleep more, I have like just better regulated gut health, digestion. Like I feel my metabolism change in a good way. Um, another thing is I don't have as many cravings. So I know we say we're going to the holidays, but uh, so you probably will eat more sugar, fat, salt, stuff like that. But I generally don't have as many sweet cravings. Um, when I have like five, six hours of sleep, I'm hungry all day and I crave a lot of sugar and a lot of salt. <laughs> and there's a reason behind that. Your body releases something called glucocorticoids, which is a stress hormone, well, released by a stress hormone, which generally makes you sh crave sugar, fats, and salt. And there's some other stuff into it too. Um, your body is trying to fuel itself because it is hasn't recovered. So it has to like, it's like running on fumes kind of. And so it wants things that are very energy dense, sugar, fat, and salt, right? And so that's why people are eating like chocolate and ice cream and chips. And, you know, um, part of the reason those cravings happen later in the day too, is your body's more exhausted. And so it's looking for more fuel. And what do you eat late at night instead of go to sleep or instead of rest? If you're like me, sugar, fats, and salt at night, right? So the reason that that is very important to understand is because getting more sleep actually can reduce a lot of that. I notice it night and day, night and day. Okay, so sleep is number one. I know you guys hear it everywhere, but very rarely do people actually practice it. Um, you could actually lift less frequent and sleep more, but train with higher intensity. And that is probably the best way to go. So that brings me to my next one, um, training less frequent. So I like to lift five, six days a week. I just like going to the gym. And there's if you like going to the gym, basically the only thing that you should do is just muscle part, like straight bodybuilding, which I'm about to start doing and I'm not a fan of, but this is the only thing that's really got my body to grow and keep the muscle that I would like. I want to get to, like I said, I'm like 175 to 178, 5'10", probably at like 10% body fat-ish, pretty decently lean. I would like to get about 185. So that's that's really hard for me. That's really, really challenging, especially this lean. So I probably have to get up to 190 and there's no possible way <laughs> that that can happen unless I eat a lot, a lot of food. Again, my training experience is very, very high level as far as the years I've been training. Um, and so I have to eat a lot of food and I have to just destroy muscle parts, but I also have to have them recover. I was doing a three-day split and I was repeating it two days a week. So I'd go basically ABC, rest, ABC. And it was pretty high volume, like, you know, 15, 12, 10 reps, decently high on like my compounds and my auxiliary lifts were like 15 to 20 reps, three to four sets. But I'd repeat them twice. So I was hitting a lot of volume in the, in the weekday. And that was good to stay lean because all the high sets and reps made my heart rate go and I was supersetting stuff. And it's like a really awesome maintenance program. And I slowly gain muscle and I just feel mentally good because I work out hard all the time. It's very demanding on the body. But now I've been going back to what I did in 2015 or like this is what I would recommend to a lot of people. Go back to 
kind of the roots. And I would just train one body part or muscle group like one day a week and just annihilate it. And, and look, this is not for everybody, but I really struggled with growing my legs in 2015. So I spent six months hitting it every day. Uh, or sorry, every Monday, not every day, just kidding. Um, every Monday and I would destroy it. I do probably like 90 minutes to two hours in the gym and I'm not, you don't probably need that much, but I destroy it. And then I wouldn't hit it again until next Monday. So literally every seven days, like straight bodybuilding muscle part splits. But during that time, I got substantially thicker. I gained way, way, way more muscle. Um, and I, what I would have done different, and I'm going to do different this time going into this season, is do a lot more like mobility and some flexibility training. Because as you get bigger and you get tighter, and then there's sometimes more injuries, at least for me. So it's creating more muscle. But the biggest thing for me is making sure that muscle is like, quote unquote, functional. And the way that I look at that is having mobility and flexibility because a lot of people, as they get bigger, they get tighter. And I'm not saying tightness always leads to injuries, but for me, I don't feel athletic and physically good if I just get like big and I'm just like moving, you know, with no mobility. I don't like that. I just, I don't, I don't feel athletic. I don't feel quick. And coming from somebody that's been an athlete and has a martial arts background and wants to be able to like do jujitsu and, and fight people if I need to, I don't want to feel like a big jacked bulky bodybuilder. It's just not optimal. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't like how I move. So I'm okay with getting bigger as long as I am mobile and flexible and like decently athletic. So me getting to 185 this season, if I do six months, sure. But again, there's just something, just something to think about. And no, that's not with taking TRT or any performance enhancing drugs or any special supplements whatsoever. I might take creatine, but I'm not taking any right now, but like literally don't want to take any, anything. There's nothing, there's no secret. Just a lot of freaking lifting, a lot of recovery, a lot of, uh, a lot of volume. So basically probably what I'll do is like one day a week, let's just say I want to lift five days a week. And I did like quads, you know, quads and calves, uh, back and buys, chest and tries, shoulder and core, and then like posterior chain, like glutes and hinging and stuff. That's it. That's like all I did. I like five day split over and over and over and over. And the third component, so sorry, sleep, um, I just throw water in there. I need to touch on water. Sleep about a gallon of water a day. Um, training like one muscle group really hard, but also giving it a lot of time to recover. That way you can break it down and super compensate again. Um, and then probably the th third thing I would say is eating enough calories. There's a lot of people that bulk that say they eat enough food, but when they eat, say they eat enough food, it's not the right types of food. It's like dirty bulking stuff. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm bulking so I could eat this. No, no, no. You're eating literally the same thing you're eating right now and you're only eating about 300 calories more per day. 300, that's it. Like if you want to say, uh, Coach Stefan, I want to do a bulk, but I don't want to gain any fat. Okay, you only can eat 300 more calories on average. That's it. Dude, that's a freaking protein bar extra a day. That's it. What do you mean I'm bulking? Yeah, that's a slow bulk. That's a body recomp. Like, you're not going to be able to gain all this like significant, significant amount of muscle and not gain fat. Like it, it like what are you going to do? Eat a thousand calories extra a day. And most people do that. And this is the problem with doing a bulk like that. Some people call it a dirty bulk. Eat, you know, eat all the crap you want. Oh, I can have beer now because I'm bulking. No, that's doesn't even count. Okay. Alcohol doesn't count. So because you can't use it for energy. So 
if you're going to sit there and you're going to eat all this extra food, you also have to be lifting more. You also have to be breaking down your muscle. Like that is how you're going to get bigger. Okay. Um, so you have to eat more. You should probably track it. You only need 300 calories more for me. I plan on eating probably 500 calories more because my training intensity is going to be high. My training volume is going to be high. And I know that I have to actually get a little bit chubby. Like I've done it before where I've tried to lean bulk and my body is so much at this set point. If you don't know what that is, set point or set point theory is your body gets so used to being at a weight. Have you ever experienced this? Your body's so used to being at a weight that even if you gain weight or lose weight, it like always goes back to that. It's called homeostasis right? Which is just a, a state of being of your body. That's a balance. It likes to be where it is. And that's why sometimes it's hard for people to lose weight because your body's been at, you know, let's say 200 pounds when you're supposed to be 160 for so long, that's its new homeostasis. That's its new set point. So just like a regular set point theory, you have to lose, like for me, I'd have to gain the weight, but I can't just get to 185 and then be like, I'm done and go back to maintenance. Cause guess what will happen over a month or two, my body will go right back down. I have to get it to 185 and then I have to stay there. And this happened to me when I went to Afghanistan. This was back in 2014. This is almost nine years ago. I was the same weight I was right now. So I told you that I hit my peak a long time ago. Basically, I did. I got really big in Afghanistan. I was super freaking strong. I was really, really thick. I got to 185. I got back in the States. My top in the military could barely fit me. The same one I wore that fit me great. Like I didn't realize how big I got because my our ABUs or our uh, uniform over there was different. And then I got back and put my old one on. I was like, damn, dude, like I, I got big. Like, and I wasn't cut. So sometimes it's hard to tell because if you're, you know, really lean, you actually look bigger, right? And I got back and I was like, damn. And I was like 185, 187. I think at 189, I didn't see 190 on the scale, but 189. And one of the big things that I noticed was like within two months of being back in the States and not like stuffing my face and eating, I went back because I hated bulking. Like I felt so terrible. I did like no cardio, no mobility. And I just felt like groggy and slow. And so I just was like, oh, I'll slowly start incorporating this. I was still eating a lot, but within two months, I was like basically back to where I was. I think I kept you know, three pounds heavier on average. So, I mean, like whatever, but I definitely didn't keep the 10 to 12 pounds that I supposedly gained, but I digress. So you got to eat a lot of food. The longer you've been training, you probably have to eat a little bit more because again, your body's at this homeostasis at this set point and you, you have to really push past plateaus naturally. Man, if I wanted to get on like D-ball and trend and test, and I mean, that'd be a whole different story, but if you're going to do it naturally, um, which I always suggest, then you, yeah, you got to do the game a little bit different. And then the third thing would be probably adding in quite a bit of cardio. Now I know this is probably contradictory to what most people think, but having a good, um, aerobic system, right? Cause if you're anaerobic, which is weight lifting, and then your aerobic system, your cardiovascular system is actually very, very important for muscle recovery. And I don't do a lot of extra cardio, but I make sure I lift at a high intensity. And right now my knee hurts. It's my, I've had this meniscus thing, so I can't run. But if I had a choice, I would actually do like two running days a week and I have one day where I did sprints because it actually could be really beneficial for bulking and staying relatively lean and testosterone like sprints are OG, which I might try to do uphill at the park. We'll see how my knee holds up. And the second would be, um, 
probably like some steady state cardio, which I've already been doing, which is like walking on an incline with a weighted vest on a treadmill a few days a week, because I want my aerobic system to be able to transport all the nutrients it needs to. You got to think when you're sleeping, what else are you doing? Breathing, hopefully, right? <laughs> and when you're breathing, that exchange actually elicits a lot of different things in your body and different releases. So if you have a better aerobic system, you are recovering your muscles better. I don't care what anybody says. There's a lot of signs that backs it up. And so you see a lot of people that bloke and they're like, stay away from cardio. Well, a couple things bad about that. Number one, you're just going to feel like crap. Like just sitting here breathing, you'll be like, like just feel big. Like, you know, versus this, like if you're done cardio and you just feel like you breathe different, you just feel good and healthier the rest of the day. It's a great feeling. I'm not, I don't, I'm not willing to just like not have that feeling for six months. Cause I want to get big. Um, another thing is like injuries happen. Like I said, if you get really bulky, so it's not that hard. You're going to sleep nine to 10 hours per night. Yes. Nine to 10. I did not stutter. You need to make sure it happens. You're going to train your muscle groups probably one day a week, pretty high volume, you know, at least a five day split, probably 60 minutes in the gym is a really good thing. And if you're only doing one muscle group, you might be able to do 45. Okay. Um, I did like 90 minutes cause I was nuts. And again, I have been physically working out whether it's sports or weightlifting for a very, very, very long time. So for me, I just feel like I need to push my body past that next point. Um, for it, for it to keep growing, which is unfortunate sometimes cause it's a lot of torture. Um, the sleep, the, the training split has to be smart. You could also do like a higher volume split. You don't have to just destroy one muscle group, but I feel like that's what works for me at this point in my training. And that's what I'm going to do this winter. Um, and I don't do a lot of bulks by the way, even if you listen to my early episodes, I'm not really big into cutting and bulking, but I've been wanting to do a solid one for a while. So we're going to give it a go. And then I would say my third thing would have to be, well, I also said water and then eating enough food, but you have to track your macros. So like 1.2 grams of protein per pound of lean desired body mass. I know that seems like a lot of protein. So for me, that's around 200 grams a day. It is, but I mean, in this day and age, there's no excuse not to hit your protein goal. We have clients all the time that say, I can't hit my protein. I can't hit my protein. They get some of our, our the protein we recommend, or you can get whatever you want. And I'm like, can you do two scoops in the morning and drink it? It will take you 15 seconds. It's 50 grams. Oh yeah, that's easy. Okay, there you go. Like, is that optimal? I mean, probably would rather have you like eat real food, but if it's impossible for you, there you go. You have no excuse. So 200 grams of protein. And then this is the big kicker. It doesn't give you the right to just eat like crap. Okay. Just because you're bulking. I mean, you can, but you're going to look terrible. The quality of your food also matters. Every time I do a bulk, I eat the same things. I just eat more. I'm eating sweet potatoes. I'm eating chicken. I'm eating steak. I'm eating a decent amount of veggies. I'm eating fruit. Like I'm eating very like paleo style as much as I can, but just more. I still eat oatmeal and protein. But guess what? Instead of having a two quarter or, you know, a half a cup, I'm going to have three quarters cups. That's it. It's a, such a small change. You're not like, no, I'm bulking so I can just do whatever. Now, obviously on the holidays or whatever you're doing, you want your freaking cold brew, pumpkin, cold foam crap. Go have it. Okay. That's not what I'm saying. But it's not just your right to go eat more, you know, lift more and just say, oh, it's October. So it's bulking season. I see guys do this wrong every time. They're like, I've gained eight pounds. This is the problem. They look at the scale. The scale is a terrible tool of measurement. 
In our gym in Gilbert, we have something called an Evolt 360. It's like an in-body. It works with BIA, which is bioelectrical impedance, which means that when you step on the scale, it actually measures your body fat, your muscle mass, your visceral fat. And this specific machine's awesome. It measures like 24 different health metrics. And my phone's, I don't know where my phone is. I would show you guys, or and I can't show you, but I would read out my health metrics so you could see, but it actually tells you where you are. So if I step on the scale, this is this is why I think everybody should be doing this. And it's not the a perfect, perfect science, but it's a 10 times better than the scale. Because if I'm bulking and I'm 175, and in two weeks I go, hey guys, I'm 180. I Look, I gained five pounds. There's literally no way that you can gain five pounds of muscle in two weeks. It's physically impossible. And what pisses me off is freaking trolls on the internet and young kids that are like, I'm 21 and I'm a coach. And they're like, yeah, I gained six pounds in three days. Yeah. Of of poop, of water, like there's no, and, and of glycogen. If you eat a bunch of food, your body's going to store glycogen, water in your muscles. You know how much water weighs and how dense it is? It's very, very, very dense. You can store like eight to 10 pounds of glycogen in your muscles. Okay. So that's all it is. And you're like, but look at the picture. I look more bulky. Yeah. Again, glycogen. If I start taking creatine today, okay, which stores water in your muscle cells in four days, it's going to look like I gained eight pounds. Did I gain any muscle? Nope, probably zero muscle. So you guys have to also understand that having a tool like that is invaluable because I can get on there. And if you take creatine, it can be inaccurate. So I don't take creatine. So I feel like it's an accurate measurement tool for me. And when I get on, if it's like, you're 180, cool. 180 pounds of what? What does that mean? And now I can see some more insight into me being 180 pounds. Like, okay, cool. Did I gain weight? And I've got on, I've, I've had this happen in the past. I'll get on the scan and I do them weekly when I bulk. And it's like, I've gained weight, but I've actually gained body fat and no muscle. That's not good. Or what about if you gained weight and it was body fat and you lost muscle? Well, that's really not good. But what if you got on and it said you were 180, but your body fat was the same and you gained five pounds of muscle or your body fat went up like 1%, but you gained four pounds of muscle. It's a pretty good trade-off. So now I actually have some deeper health metrics, which is what we try to do with our clients, because now we can make precise adjustments on training volume or frequency or nutrition or both. And that's a really, really valuable tool when you're bulking. I highly suggest doing it. Progress photos are good. Um, having like a shirt, like, you know, the fit of it, like how you feel. And then one thing that I haven't done, which I, I think I'm going to do is measurements. And we have them in our app and I don't you know, I don't know why I don't do them, but like measuring like a measuring tape around like your arms and your chest and your butt and your legs, that's probably what I'm going to do because I really I haven't taken the whole like change my physique thing in serious in a long time because I've felt like I've had a very good physique for a long time and I'm very content with what my body looks like. But I really want to break into showing people like, hey, this is how the whole process works. This is how you track it. This is how you bulk, blah, blah, blah. I'm showing you guys on social media. So get prepared for that. And I'm very excited. And, you know, once in a while, I hit this bodybuilding like itch where I'm like, dude, I just want to be a monster. <laughs> I don't know. And I, a functional monster, like I'll never just want to get bigger and bigger and bigger and look better and not be athletic. And that's why I'm making myself along this journey do mobility. Like it's, it's a non-negotiable for me and I am becoming more mobile, um, every week a little bit and it's so boring. <laughs>
part of me hates it. I'm not going to lie. And, uh, but I know how important it is mobility and flexibility because every time in the past, when I've tried to bulk, I actually like, I don't want to say give up. I guess you say give up. I end up deciding this isn't the route I want to take like six to eight weeks in because I end up like feeling tighter or one of my like old injuries comes back and I'm like, ah, oh, man, this is like so unhealthy. I'm not like doing anything. So it will be probably a slower progress uh, process. I probably need to do a 16 week bulk. Um, and I just need to be okay with it. It's a mentally dude. It's freaking challenging. Um, but I, and, and I look, I know a lot of this episode has been like bulk, 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 bulk. If you're a, if you're a woman, you should also bulk. And I know a lot of women don't talk about this. I mean, I actually see a lot of fitness, uh, female influencers, coaches that talk about this, but it's the same concept. We both have the same anatomy within reason, right? Like, the same concept for you. If you want to build muscle, you need super compensation, which means you're gaining weight on a scale, hopefully muscle, hopefully decreasing your body fat, right? Like same concept, same concept. This isn't just for men. And I have taken female athletes getting ready for military, whatever through a bulk because they are little and they need to put on muscle and get stronger. And they see the scale go up. And a lot of times they freak out and they want to give up. And I'm like, no, 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 the, the scale. And like, I could, I could do a three hour episode on this. The scale is the worst tool. It's the worst tool. It is a tool that controls our brain and our mind about how well we're doing with our nutrition and health. And it generally has no bearing in metric. The reason is because it's a very easy tool to check in and regulate yourself. But what, pro what happens is people are making what's called assumed information. For example, let's say you're a girl and you're 150 pounds and you step on the scale and three days later, it says you're 156. What would you do? Well, for most women, you just stop eating or eat less or skip breakfast or go run or try to go poop or something. You hate that number. Why did it go up six pounds? And what are the things that run through your head when you see that number? I'm disgusting. I am getting fat. Oh my God. This is, you know, all these negative, negative things. It's just a number. What if you didn't realize that in your back pocket there was a six pound brick? You'd go, oh, okay, just kidding. <laughs> Oh man, oh, he almost got me. Okay, I'm not going to change anything. Well, that's what the scale is. You drink water and you eat food and it weighs, it has weight to it. And it hasn't even processed as fat, but then you step on and you're six pounds. And especially women with their hormone cycles, you know, they'll step on, retain more water, generally comes from water, more bloated, whatever. And you automatically are like, I'm getting fatter. I'm disgusting. I'm nastier. What a terrible tool. What a terrible device that ruins your mindset that really has nothing to do with it. And that's why a lot of women have got, and, and men have gone to the point where they're not weighing themselves. So if the scale is the only thing you have, go ahead, right, go ahead. But it's also an average. If you're weighing yourself, cool, weigh yourself every day, go ahead, weigh yourself every morning. And you want to take a monthly average and see what it, and maybe it's a little bit of like up and down, but it should be an up and down that's dropping, right? Then you're like, okay, we could assume that you are 150. And then at the, at the you know, you weighed 150, 155, you know, one, 150, 150 four, you know, whatever. It's like down and down. And maybe at the end of the 30 days, now you're like 148 to 150. Okay, cool. So we're, we're trending down. We're making good progress. So don't think that like a bulk and, and recovering your muscle is only for men. It is absolutely a thousand percent for women. Um, and it's probably necessary because here's the big kicker. And I, I hope this makes a lot of sense. If you guys want to be in shape or low body fat, toned, ripped, whatever you want to call it. You want to look good long-term, you need muscle. 
the whole like cardio bunny thing is just a never ending battle. Like I'm burning more calories sitting here at 175 pounds than most men at 175 pounds because I have a ton of muscle mass for my weight. And so my BMR, my baseline metabolism is faster than them, which means when I'm chilling, I'm burning more calories. What a great thing, which means I can eat more and drink more and not get fat. Doesn't that just sound awesome? It is. But the only way to do that is to create more muscle because muscle is expensive. It's energy expensive. Like, and, and maybe not a ton at rest, but if I go move, if I move furniture all day and I have another guy that's 175 pounds, who do you think requires more calories to sustain during the moving? Even if we move the same amount of weight, right? Which probably wouldn't happen and probably move more, but like who would require more? The guy with more muscle. It's more energy to upkeep. And guess what happens if you don't eat enough or you don't exercise? And you've probably seen this. Muscle wastes away, right? Like if you just don't lift for three weeks, well, a lot of that looking smaller is actually your glycogen depleting. You're not actually losing a lot of muscle. But if you cut your protein in half and you took three weeks off the gym, would you lose muscle pretty quickly? Hell yeah, you would. Well, why? Why don't you just keep it? Muscle is expensive. What does that mean? It means it requires a lot of calories to keep up. Great. That means you can eat more and be less fat, which is the goal, I would hope. So that's why strength training and doing this super compensation and, and creating more muscle allows you to probably live the lifestyle you want if you like going on date night and you like drinking beer and eating pizza and freaking having fun and going to Thanksgiving and getting your pumpkin cold brew, cold foam things and not getting fat because I hear all the time, oh, I feel like I eat one bad meal and I get fat. Yeah, you have no muscle on you. You have no furnace. You have nothing helping you burn calories. You're just skinny fat, which means you have no muscle on you and you have a gut. And because of that, and I don't mean that in a mean way, I'm just stating like we see this all the times as coaches and you have no muscle on you. So you eat something and you're like, I just feel like it turns to fat. Yeah, because your baseline metabolism is really low and then you don't do any exercise. So you're only burning like 1,800, 2,000 calories a day when you should be burning 2,800. 800 calories a day. That's a huge, 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 huge difference. Times that by 365 and tell me how many pounds of fat that is. A lot, right? So that's something to think about, guys. And that's why, personally, that I'm choosing to kind of do this bulk and prioritize and maximize my recovery. And also, I want to throw this in. I do think that supplements can be important. Um, I take them every day. If you're curious specifically about what supplements, go ahead and, and message me or DM me, and I can kind of help you out. But I, I mean, it's not super crazy. Um of what I take. Okay. And they're not the end all be all the, they're the cherry on top. It's mostly those other things, but I'm doing this because I want to be a little bit bigger. I want a little more dietary freedom. Um, just because why not? Like I like to eat. And I also realize that like in the future, I might not be able to train as much and it's easier to stay leaner if you have more muscle on their days off. Right? Like imagine me having 10 more pounds of muscle. Just imagine. Okay. And if I was training five days a week, but then I said, I'm just going to train three days. And as long as my nutrition kind of stayed the same, that 10 pounds of muscle is doing a lot of work for me on a lot more work on the days that I'm resting. And then if I'm doing other like non-exercise things like walking or putting away the dishes or moving things in the yard, like, you know, not voluntary, like I'm going to the gym exercise, but I'm still burning more calories. And you know, that's enjoyable for me because I like to freaking eat. So hopefully this episode was helpful. 
give you some insight into what you should be doing if you're bulking, whether you're a girl or a guy. Um, give you some insight into what I'm going to do this season and why I'm doing it. And so if you guys have any questions on bulking or specific programming, definitely hit us up. You can go to our website. It's at thepursuithp.com. Again, thepursuithp.com. I think it's probably here in the show notes, our link. Um, and you can actually fill out a contact form right there on the website to either get on a call with yours truly um, or one of our coaches. And we just want to chat with you and see like maybe maybe a custom program during the winter is something what you need. And And look, we do people that cut during the winter too. Just a lot of people want to put on a little bit of muscle. Um, so whether you're trying to cut bulk, maintain, get in shape, doesn't matter. Um, you know, and it is a little more complicated when you are in this career field, right? When you're a veteran, first responder, medical professional, sometimes I really do think we have a little more barriers in our way. We're not going to the gym like, oh, I'm 4 PM every day. I'm here. You know, my schedule is just the same. Like we don't have that luxury for most people. Um, so it's also working with a coach for a couple things. So you can get a custom program. You get some custom nutrition and kind of experiment and figure out what works for you. And then also just as important as that is making sure you do it, which is high, high level accountability. And I can tell you from coaching for 13 years that the one thing that everybody, everybody benefits from is high level accountability. When somebody checks on you, you do better. I don't know anybody that hasn't. When you know that you're invested in something and somebody wants a report, you do better. Prime example. If you had no boss at work, zero boss, zero person checking on you, you never had to give any reports and it was just all up to you and you just did your own thing versus you had a boss, you had to, somebody to report to, you had some key performance indicators to hit, you had to give reports, you had to give meetings, whatever. Which one do you think would be more productive? Which version of yourself do you think would get more things done? I mean, dude, the answer is freaking simple, okay? And that's why being when you're challenging yourself having zero accountability and zero structure and reporting to nobody you're like, i report to my husband doesn't count but my wife holds me accountable terrible choice never ever 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 works you need an outside source like your boss being your best friend is that a good idea generally no conflict of interest your best friend your husband your spouse not a good accountability partner conflict of interest and never ever works ever. I have been doing this a long time. That doesn't count. It needs to be an outside source where you have some freaking accountability and you have some skin in the game because you could blow off your spouse and they'll still love you. And you know that subconsciously or consciously, you can do the same thing to your friend. You should piss your boss off. That's not good. Right. And people don't want to let down their coaches. I know it. I've been doing it a long time. And there's a reason we've had so many transformations in two years um, yeah, we're good at what we do, but it's a high level of accountability. And that is the one thing that is like the key sweet nectar factor of success. And I can tell you because I've had accountability coaches at almost every area of my life. And every time I do, I do way better. So that's my plug. I definitely suggest you guys, if, if you feel like you can't stay consistent during the, during the winter, I get more unmotivated and I get lazy. Yeah. So take a freaking jump on it and like do it right? Like go in and help yourself, go and invest, make sure that you're set up for success instead of making all the excuses and saying, oh, during the winter I get busy and I get this. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. So does everybody else. So do something about it. If you know you become lazy and you know you eat too many sweets and you know you become more inconsistent, then why not help yourself out 
to make sure that you can mitigate that, if not eliminate it. And that's on you, right? So I love you guys. I appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next.